back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And it is another fun-filled Monday for all the Hollow Cult out there. Uh, thanks for tuning in with us and hanging out with us on the beginning of this work week. Got a little episode put together for you that will hopefully help you uh, put this work week in the Steiner recliner and make it tap out. Hell yes. Because that's what we're here for. Before we get into it, we got to get through the business. So check us out at all socials Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, X, Discord, Reddit, uh, anything that I forgot. Remember that we are closing in less than two months away on 40 and Airwaves. Uh, you hear me talk about it every show. So if you want to get tickets, you need to do it. 50 bucks for a whole weekend of podcast goodness. All our friends are going to be there. Live podcast, podcast panels, meet and greets. It's October 6th, 7th, and 8th at Ada, Ohio at ONU. Um, just search up 40 and Airwaves. There should be a link tree with all kinds of stuff. I know I posted on all the socials. and Click the link, buy your tickets, come and kick it with us. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. If you have a paranormal experience that you'd like to share with the rest of the Holocult on a future show, Kyle has all sorts of information for you. I do. You can call or text the Holophone, which is going to be 1-618-556-0837. You can also write your story out and shoot it over to the email, which is going to be holoskypodcast at gmail.com. You can record yourself with any type of device and shoot it over to either one of those contacts. You can also send us an email describing your story and request to get an interview with us, which, like I said, we're going to try to start doing them at about 8, eight o'clock on every other Saturday when we get together and record. We'll see how that goes, but hopefully it pans out and we can start landing some dope-ass interviews. Yep, if you have anybody that you'd like for us to talk to on an interview, anybody's brain you'd like for us to pick, definitely send that our way too. We will try our best to reach out. If anybody wants to reach out, uh, we're going to try to get that ball rolling. Kind of add that to the old repertoire that is Hollow Sky. If you'd like to support the show, tons of ways you can do it. We got the store up. We got some shirts and some stickers over there. For you to check out we got a patreon you can sign up for a bunch of extra content and goodies over there just see which tier you're interested in and sign up for it uh, we have a venmo you can throw some pocket change in for all of our bad habits and you can go to wherever well first off more importantly share the show word of mouth Share the show on social medias share the show share the show share the show we're trying to expand the cult and uh, keep this ball rolling. Lately, we've been kind of in this plateau where we're just kind of treading a little bit of water and we're trying to push through it. And yeah, it's bullshit. Knock, keep making gains. So any any help would be greatly appreciated. I appreciate everything, everybody that's out there putting hollow cult in everybody's mouths. Um, but that being said, you can go to wherever your podcatcher is and leave us a five-star rating and review, which also helps. I will shout you out if I can find it. Uh, last week's was from Spain, which I thought was dope. We're staying over 
in that neck of the woods because this one is from Great Britain. Also dope. This is from our friend Kev the Blue. Kev says, the Shutter Brothers, five stars. Let's go. I dig it. Been listening to Stephen Kyle now for some time. I left a review a while back and was so impressed with him. Fresh and funky, bringing news and reviews to the cryptic and creepy. Said at the time, these were the best, and in my opinion, they are. Keep up the good work, guys. Loving your stuff over here in the UK. Kev, thanks, bro. Much love. Love it. Share the show over there. We want to see see the UK punching through the numbers, bro. Repping it. That's that's what I'm talking about. It's it's awesome. It I, is awesome. It's it's dope that uh, me and Kyle can talk about shit and people all over the world listen. <laughs> I can't wrap my brain. Around it's this. bizarre. It's been we're pushing four and a half years and I still cannot fathom that people outside of our hometown listen to us yeah but i guess it happens but again thanks kev for the kind words i love that you left a couple reviews uh that's it's it's cool that you've been kicking it with us for a while now yeah also cool that we have yet to disappoint you yeah give us time (laughs) (laughs) do you know us give us time that is true (laughs) But again, we appreciate it, and every single one that comes over, we we appreciate and love you guys. So, thank you for that. We're gonna jump right into our paranormal listener paranormal experience of the day. This one comes to us from our friend Dave. Hello there. My name is Dave, and I've been a fan for about a year now. My story is the only one like it that I've heard so far, and I listen to all the good conspiracy podcasts. In 2017, I had been working on tugboats fueling cargo ships for about eight years. I've been from Virginia to Connecticut and all the rivers in between. And in all that time, I've never seen anything remotely strange other than the people that you meet. This evening in 2017, my boat, which was a 300-foot oil barge, was tied up for the evening in South Philly, Pier 124 to be exact, facing the sports arenas. Most evenings, being were away from home for two weeks at a time, I would walk the deck and make phone calls. This day was normal, just like the rest, roughly about 5.30. Clear skies, beautiful weather. As I'm making my third lap around the deck, this bright light suddenly appears in the sky just to the left of the sports arenas. Now at first, my thoughts were fireworks, but the Philly airport is relatively close, and when I thought about it, I've never seen any fireworks in that area in the five years that I've been working around Philly. Then the ball of fire started moving in a circle at that, all the while sparkling and arcing like the sky is being welded or cut apart by a torch. This went on until the flames met the end, forming a perfect circle, and then burnt out as fast as it formed. I'd say the process lasted 25 seconds, and the circle had to be 20 to 30 feet in diameter and was roughly 50 to 100 feet in the air over the top of the sports arenas. The guy I worked with came outside because I started yelling and caught the tail end of the event but didn't see enough to be sure of what they'd seen. Nothing came in or out of this portal, at least that I had seen. Now it's very important to note that the movie Doctor Strange came out the year before in 2016. I believe, and I had not seen it at this time, but when I finally watched the movie my jaw dropped because the portals Stephen Strange makes with his hands is the exact same portals that I seen in the sky over Philly in 2017 literally no difference it's also important to note that before i seen this event my life was totally normal after i seen it everything went to hell 
I lost that job. I lost my car. I was attacked by a shadow person in my house, had crystals stolen, and to top it all off, my health is in a steady decline to the point where everyday movement is hard. Of course, there's no medical reasons that can be found, and I'm only 35 years old. Thanks for hearing my story. Hopefully someone has some answers. Much love, Dave. That's a heavy one. Oh, Dave. Because what could have been something amazing ends up kind of biting you in the ass. Just, yeah. I, uh, um, where do, where do I go? The portal itself is strange in itself. The fact that it's almost like it can be seen in so many ways. Like it could have let something through or it could have almost been an omen toward the, the negative things in your life to come could have been the cause. I'm curious as to how it would have been the cause. Cause it's so bizarre that I don't know, but then he describes being attacked by the shadow person. It's almost like, cause it's like, once you see something yeah. weird like that, like it just starts to compile. Boom, yeah, boom, boom, was, boom. The weirdness the, just doesn't stop. It's the stop. precursor. It's the unlocking of the door. Yeah. Um, no man or may fuck as far as he knows maybe the shadow person came through the portal yeah that's kind of what i was thinking maybe it let something negative out yeah dave god that's a that's a scary ass thought that you just watch you witnessed a prison break (laughs) yeah that's a good you know and then that son of a bitch lashed onto you that's a really shit like terrifying way to look at that dude that is that is fucked up that's, I don't know. Dude, I, I just imagine seeing that thing in real life. Imagine that's, how f- fucking baffled you would be to witness a Doctor Strange portal opening up before your eyes. Was the... If you're listening, Dave, was the inside of the portal the same color as the sky around it, or was there a noticeable difference Like as the Good thing question. was burning? Could you see a noticeable difference in what was essentially behind it? Good question. It almost feels like a wormhole or some shit opening yeah. up. And but I'm very like, interested in your sha- uh, shadow person attack. If you'd like to email that to us, if you would like to share that, I would also like to kind of tack that on to this. Um, it's, it, bro, it's so, especially if you take it in the realm of Doctor Strange, right? If that, what if that portal opened and that essentially knocked Dave into another timeline where his life just went to shit? Could have happened. You know what I mean? Like it, like he saw the portal open up and almost like pulled him through or, or him and another Dave from another timeline swap spots. I don't know. That's, that sucks. That sucks, man. Especially with like, if that was all rapid time right there, the. You know, the the shadow man attack and then losing the job and then your health starts to decline. Uh, that's not cool. You know, I understand what it's like to be 35 and, I mean, just what, not even a year ago I was going, well, that's probably about a year ago, I went through a bunch of health issues just yeah. out of fucking nowhere, you know. And now we've kind of got it all locked in. And it wasn't, it's not like as serious as what I would have perceived it to be, but 
it is crazy how fast those things can smack your ass, you know. Uh, and to not have any, not be able to find any answers is the worst. Yeah, dude, that's, I found answers with mine. You know, we, we found essentially what was causing things, et cetera, et cetera. Got it taken care of. But in your case, it's completely unexplained. And it's just been this seemingly series of unfortunate events that have unfolded in your life. It's essentially kicked off from this portal. Yeah. So yeah. weird, bro. I don't know, Dave. I hate that you're suffering through some fucked up shit, even like, especially if it's the hand of whatever this thing was. Yeah. There could be all sorts of different routes. It could have let something in. It could have pulled you somewhere like, like a different timeline. Well, let's, let's hope that, uh, our timeline isn't his shitty timeline. Oh yeah. I mean, he's here. Listen, I don't, don't want to, I don't want that to be the case, man. No. Everybody needs to be living their best life. Facts. But Dave, yeah, if you uh, hear this, which I hope you do, um, curious about your uh, shadow person experience as well. So hit us up if you would. And I'd like to do a follow up on this. See where that goes. But again, thanks for taking the time to write us in. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, Strange, strange story, man. For sure. As, like, play on Stephen Strange. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So clever. From there, we're jumping in to my episode today. And it is um, kind of a pseudoscience-y sort of thing. It's on the forefront of a lot of conversations since Graham Hancock came forward about the history timeline that we have been taught might not be the actual truth, right? Uh, yeah, I, I could totally back that that theory. Yes. So here I've compiled, and I'm not saying these are legit. I'm not saying, like, I have not seen these artifacts. I didn't get to go through and examine them. I am just putting these forward to you, the cult, to make your own assumptions, send you down a path that you can look into, right? Because I feel like people are going to be like, why the fuck do you believe this, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Well, people are always like that. Yes. So this is going to be some artifacts that are found that are supposedly going against the timeline that we have been taught through history. Um, I have started a couple of these. I'm going to kind of do maybe a series. Um, I've got this one put together. I'm working on one uh, about like uh, different sets of proof that people were here way before. Anyway, we're going to do this one right now on the artifacts. Um, I just started out with like, could the timeline of human history be wrong? Essentially, modern man, I got that in quotations here, here refers to uh, around the time that Homo sapiens migrated out of Africa, which is normally the conventional view of history. Humans have walk the earth in our present form about 200,000 years. 
in Africa would be essentially what they theorized, like the majority of us like started yes, at. Like that's that's home base. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put that. <clears throat> um, advanced civilizations, like it took hundreds, like so they've got they've got us living two hundred thousand years, and advanced civilizations apparently only popped up a couple thousand years ago. So you have a hundred and ninety thousand years of sticks and stone, you know, like cave people. And then all of a sudden, boom, advanced civilizations. They're building fucking pyramids. They're doing this. They're doing that. Uh, the, and, and even beyond that, you know, like a lot of, of our advances started in the industrial revolution. And that's only a couple hundred years ago. So, they came out with this term out of place artifacts or OO parts, which are these prehistoric objects found in places around the world that show uh, technological advancements that were not supposed to be around in the time that these artifacts supposedly came from. Uh, a lot of scientists try to explain them out as being natural phenomenon. Others uh, use explanations that ignore most of the evidence that prehistoric civilizations could possibly have been far more technologically advanced than we thought, and they were just lost through the ages over thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, or that this knowledge and proof has been covered up throughout time. So... What was that first part you said about the scientists? Uh, they just try to explain them off by by natural phenomenon. Yeah, uh, that was exactly what I was looking for. What the fuck does that even mean? Yeah, like... Uh, it seems me... like a bland, bullshit way to dodge the question. Actually, funny that you say that. I'm going to bring this up. If I pull up my other computer. Because I started writing this once before. And I got to a point where everything I found was essentially picked apart by modern science. And it kind of made me not want to write about it. So then I was like, whatever, I'm going to write about it anyway. And I'm going to have to find it here. And is this it? Yes. Okay, so... This in particular was one of the ones that stood out that I didn't include, and it's the Caso artifact. So I'm going to talk about it anyway. Let's do this. On February 13th, 1961, three friends were out. Uh, they were rock hounds. They were out collecting geodes. They had a gym and a gift shop in uh, Olancha, California. They were out on a mountain peak about 4,300 feet uh, above elevation looking for geodes. They'd been collecting rocks, took them back to their little rock shop, and they were going to bust them open. As they were doing this, they were cutting them and polishing them. One of the collectors cut into one of the geodes when he realized he was having a real struggle cutting through this particular geode, so much so that he nearly ruined a brand new out-of-the-box diamond saw made for cutting slices of these geodes in particular. Uh, normally when you cut open a geode, you get a small cavity of like crystalline structures that are pretty. People polish them, sell them, such and such. 
when he cut open this particular geode, he found a perfectly circular section of hard, strange material that closely resembled white porcelain. Dead in the center of this strange porcelain cylinder was a two millimeter shaft of bright metal. The shaft of the metal responded to magnets when tested. There were also strange anomalies about the artifact. The outermost layer was encrusted with fossil shells and fragments of fossil shells, suggested that whatever the metallic object was uh, inside was specifically super old. Further inspecting the artifact, the trio noticed two other metallic objects in the crust surrounding the cylinder. One resembled a nail and the other resembled a washer. Uh, These did not react to a magnet when tested. Beyond this, there was an inner layer that was a hexagonal shape and formed what appeared to be a casing around the porcelain cylinder. Within the inner hexagon uh, layer was another layer of decomposing copper surrounding a porcelain-like cylinder. It came to be known as the Costco artifact, and essentially it looked like some sort of old... Spark plug. Spark plug. Yeah. And I will pull that up to show you. And I remember uh, loosely chatting about this once, and yes. people were saying that it is possible for the rock to form around it really fast or some there bullshit. Yes. So with that information being said, um, is the black and white picture an actual picture of it? No, that is an example of the spark plug that they said this okay. is. Okay. This right here is the actual geode. That they took the picture of, right. saw it in half. Um, they had some geologists look at look at it, who said the fossil shells encrusting the specimen of the nodule uh, had to take at least five hundred thousand years to attain its present form, which should not be feasible. Clearly, should not. But I could, I could, I can wrap my brain around that it's happened. Right? Yeah. You know, because, I mean, A, that's just kind of how things go, in my opinion. And B, uh, you look at, uh, I referenced it a shitload, but you look at the Brotherhood of the Snake, right? You talk about hidden knowledge. They talk about hiding knowledge from people. Well, one thing that advanced civilizations do start doing at some point they start logging things, right? Yep. And then in our case, because we are as advanced as we are, not that, it, that you know, that's a drop in the bucket to what it, it can, can be done. My point is we go as far as to make time capsules. We go and we, they talked about making the obelisk that houses shit, like all of human history that we have, you know, uh, discovered it to be in these these uh, pieces of equipment. You know, in this case, it's the obelisk. But who's to say that some civilization didn't find knowledge, or or we we found their knowledge? At you know what I'm saying, and we mimicked their yep. their inventions. Yep. Yep. I'm not saying that's the way that it went, but. In a roundabout way, kind of fucking makes sense. Because we, you know, in my one episode, um, the Yellow Cube, they talked about being able to create 
devices from old Sumerian texts. Yep. Right? So it's 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 extremely possible. And to think that just because time separates us from another civilization that they couldn't have had anything amazing is rather naive because if you look at it from the standpoint of uh, a cataclysmic event, you know, an asteroid impact or whatever, name it, that's going to essentially reset humanity if it's bad enough. You know what I mean? And Mother Nature is really, really, really good at cleaning herself up. Yep. You know, because you look at a... You, you look at a, a road or a sidewalk that hasn't been used in a long time, and it, and it starts to break down. The grasses pop up through. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Mother Nature it is, takes it back. Exactly. Exactly. She can eat metal. I mean, I've, I've literally witnessed trees consuming T-post fence, and then it gets inside the tree, and over time, the tree actually breaks it down. Yep. yep. You know, and, and and we've all seen objects sticking out of trees like bikes and shit where people have left it there for ages and the tree grew and it just consumed the object that's there. It's it, in my in my humble opinion, it, it is extremely possible for these things to play out. Yeah, um, this, uh, of course, brought out the skeptics. This was in the early 1960s. Uh, the, the Caso artifact went missing for a long period of time. Uh, a lot of people went on to look for it around 99. They could not find it. Uh, they suspected that the original finder of it was dead and that the artifact was either destroyed or, uh, just lost. Um, in 2018, a revolution was made. A revelation was made. They actually discovered the artifact, and then you had a bunch of people uh, do some analysis, some current analysis on it. And anyway, they came to the assumption that it is a 1920s champion spark plug encased in this this what they thought was a geode, which was harder that almost broke their uh, diamond saw. So that's that's where people stand now that this 1920s champion spark plug was encased in this material. Do they not know what the material was? All that I could find is that this right here, the Caso artifact is a 1920s champion spark plug surrounded by a concretion that is typically observed with other spark plugs in similar environments. Where the fuck else have they put any... Okay, so... So this... this, If that is a spark plug, which, according to these spark plug analysis people, they say it is... Well, there are the spark plug fuck, experts. How the fuck did it get four and a half thousand feet on a fucking mountain? Did somebody drive their 1920 car up there and crash it and the rest of it just disappeared? That is weird. How is it encased in this? You, ideally, you wouldn't even walk with it in your pocket. No. You throw it out of your airplane? Do they have a champion spark plug in an airplane that just fell out? It is weird. 
which makes me wonder. Because um, you could you could see it being opposite. You could see it being at the base of a mountain. Yeah, and then like because because we get weird here, right? So what if it is a 1920 spark plug that was taken back 500,000 years, dropped, and then it got encased in whatever the fuck this stuff is? Yeah, that's that's even weirder than the pot. In my opinion, that's just as strange, if not stranger, than it being from a ancient civilization. Yeah. Because what, like, what? I mean, why was it up there? Like, you can clearly see it encased in whatever this shit. Th- this it looks is. like a rock. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, it just it looks like a rock. And they're like, it's it's just the con, it's the concretion that uh, all these spark plugs have when they're in similar. Yeah, just say you don't know. On top of a mountain mixed with geodes. Just say you don't know. It's weird, man. Right. So they just they. This is kind and of the commonality. They find these. They're like, here, this explanation will fit. Just. Just don't worry about it. Okay. Well, here's another way to look at this. Those guys out there geoding, didn't they say they had a shop and shit? Like, yeah. they do this stuff? So those guys are going to know what geodes look like, right? Yep. What are the odds that he goes for this thinking it's a geode? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Hey, this looks... The fact that you, you say it's some type of concretion... And this dude's like, yeah. this is my I bread. Like, and, I like do geodes, man. This is my bread and butter. I yeah. cut and sell these. Yeah. And I just like I happen to find this one. Whoops. Yeah. Whoops. It's I don't know. It's sus. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know. I just I hate the open ended bullshit. Like, legitimately, I don't give a fuck how smart you are. I don't give a fuck how dumb you are. If you don't know the answer, just go. I don't know. Yeah. I don't fucking know what this is. And I, again, I wasn't going to include that one because I'd started it off and then it just, it unraveled into, yeah, it's just a spark plug that concreted itself into some geodes. And I'm like, that is not an explanation for me. No, not at like, all. I am fully behind that. It is a 1920 spark plug. I, I can be, I can be with that. How the fuck did it get on the top of a mountain? How the fuck did it get in a geode? That's where I'm at. That's exactly where I'm at. You can't, I don't know. It just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And again, that this is kind of just spitballing there. I'm going to go back into my regular episode, but like like I said, we we aren't able or have the capability or the knowledge to test any of these things. We're just putting the information out there for you guys to yeah, we're take not in that smart and put back out, right? And these are just some of the ones that I found that were interesting. To start off, there is uh I kept finding all of these essentially structures, right? Like, for example, this one's called the Texas Wall, which is in Rockwall County, Texas, which is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 1852, in what is now known as Rockwall County, Texas, farmers digging a well discovered what appeared to be an ancient rock wall, estimated to be... somewhere between 200 and 400,000 years old. Some argue that it's a natural formation, while others say it is clearly man-made. Dr. John Giesman at the University of Dallas, Texas, tested the rocks as part of a History Channel documentary. He found that they were all magnetized the same way, suggesting they formed where they are and not of being moved to that site from somewhere else. But some remain unconvinced because uh, this TV show tests 
said that they were going to go forward and do other tests, but never went on with it. Uh, geolo- geologist, wow, geologist James Shelton and Harvard-trained architect John Lindsay have noted the elements that seem to be of architectural design, including archways, uh, lintel portals, and square openings that resemble windows all show up in this buried wall. No, um, it's definitely natural. Yeah, yeah. We got the windows magnets, and doors. The magnets say that these are natural. Uh, let me see if I can show you a picture. Uh, Texas rock wall. I'm pulling these up to show Kyle. So these through here. Okay, so I could see one explanation as it being normal. And for me, the only way I see that happening, I can't I can't answer for the rock walls or the, the archways and stuff. But those pictures there, what if it happened during the Ice Age? A glacier pushing sediment. I mean, it could. Right, possible. I don't know how far down that way they went. Yeah, I don't either. And see, here's another one that looks makes it. But they are sussy how they have like the lines in it, like somebody laid a brick wall. Yeah, it looks like brick and mortar. Yeah, especially. Yeah, I'm definitely there. Uh, I was just trying to brainstorm a way that it could be more natural. Uh, I definitely am kind of in the camp that it's somebody put it there. Because that uh, looks like a fucking wall, bro. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it looks like a modern day, or not, not modern, but. Of recent time, like a foundation to a house or or something to that degree. Yeah. Especially that picture there because it's got the dirt, like it's under, you know, under the ground yeah. or what have you. And here's another one that I saw that looked pretty, pretty much like a fucking wall. Yes, it, it definitely looks like a wall. But if it is man-made, which we don't know that it is, it's estimated to be between 200 and 400,000 years old. Uh, this takes us to our next example that is from Tennessee. Uh, the Hooper Farm Wall. Hooper Farm was described as being roughly seven miles southwest of Charleston and 13 miles from uh, the railroad in Cleveland, Tennessee. The farm is said to have looked no different than the other neighboring tracts of land. Um, anyone could have pointed this direction at it because it was so famous in the summer of 1891. At this time, the location was known around the world for its mysterious archaeological find. Upon arriving you would have seen evidence of a curved wall stretching close to a thousand feet long, comprised of three courses of red sandstone blocks, and is said to have inscriptions on a small section of it. This discovery was made by Isaac Hooper one day while looking for stones to add to his foundation to to the Hooper Mill. A stone was found protruding about six inches above ground level. This stone turned out to be one of many markers showing the course of the wall. As Isaac picked up one, being curious, he decided to dig down where he found the wall itself. The wall was originally almost completely buried. It is said to run over 300 yards long over the crest of a ridge and, uh, and that above the wall at intervals. The wall was described as being two and a half feet thick, built of stones about two feet square and ten inches thick, having three tiers of stone in which each of the strange characters appeared only on the west face of the middle tiers. In the Herald newspaper report, it states that the stones found at the mill were being exhibited and or exhibited in what was thought to be hieroglyphics cut on them by some lost race who built them long before any white man lived. 
that was in quotations, thought to be hieroglyphics cut in them by some lost race who built the wall long before any white man lived. Excavations supported by the Smithsonian Institute. Hmm. Weird. So that's interesting. Revealed that the three-ply sandstone wall-like structure to be 900 feet long, bearing hieroglyphic inscriptions on the west side of the middle tiers. So even the Smithsonian confirmed this. But I mean, it is definitely not from people. No, not old, not people before us. No. Uh, 19 or in 1891, Dr. J. Hampton Porter of the Smithsonian Institute examined the markings on the wall during his visit that year. He made sketches of a section on the wall and impressions of the characters. He recognized animal forms and emblems, the old and new moon, uh, the destroying Coyote, the Thunderbird, the Serpent, and forms of many old world alphabets. <laughs> That's weird. The Smithsonian Institute actually displayed a small segment, one foot by one foot, roughly of the wall from 1900 to 1902, when it was returned to the owner because there were questions as to whether the markings uh, constitute an actual inscription. Like, your dude from the Smithsonian was like, hey, yeah. These are legit. Let's post them up. And then you start backpedaling yeah. a little bit. Well, it questions their narrative. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird that the description there, like how the, the dude was able to point out animals and shit like that. And and then what? I, I wonder what it specifically means to then the phrase of the... What, what did it say? The ancient alphabets? Old or world alphabets. Old world alphabets. Like, I, I would like to know what that means because it makes it sound like there's more than one alphabet logged there. Yes. Which would suggest that whomever did it was in touch with different cultures. Yeah. Like, almost like thing. it was some type of logging on there. To yep. some degree, or the, or maybe there was a a form of unity that happened. Shared in that. knowledge, yeah. Shared right. knowledge. It's fucking weird, man. That's it super is. bizarre. That's why I chose this. Like, it makes you think. It, it forces you to consider outside of the box, because you always hear of the Smithsonian trying to be ahead of any history altering uh, evidence. Right, the giants who where where any evidence of giants the Smithsonian is yeah. the Smithsonian is reported to be in and concealing it right off the rip. Weird that you have timeline altering uh, excavations and shit, and who's got their fingers in it right off the rip? Right. The Smithsonian. And the fact that it was credible enough for them to post it in what is supposed to be one of the the most uh, scientifically sound built, the Smithsonian Institute, that they would post this up as real and then backpedal off. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know. What What year was this one rumored to be at? Um, Are you having got to that yet? No, haven't got there yet. Okay, that's no big deal. Um, I didn't know if you already tossed it out there or not. No, let me see where we're at here. Um, uh, the article says many still wonder if these inscriptions were judged wrongly or prematurely, as the Smithsonian has been caught in covering up, discredited, or completely ignoring credible ancient history before, such as the. Kensington Runestone, the Bat Creek Stones, and many other. Any information that does not fit a certain vision of Columbus discovery history. 
Who uh, gives a fuck about that? Apparently. Dude, fuck Columbus. Yeah, everybody that wants to write the history books, they're like, we don't want to have to change this shit, so let's fucking keep it. <laughs> well, I mean, if you came to me with that explanation, I'd be like, all right, I get that. You just want to be lazy. I understand that. However, you shouldn't do that. And furthermore, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Like that's what I'm saying, like, it, it, why cover it up? Like that, that's the whole process of being a human, man. Like, you think you figured this out, you figured this process, or the the way this this however it works, whatever you know, and then oh shit, actually, Steve, I was wrong about this process. Yeah, like why? It's actually this out? way. Like it's it. I don't I don't know, and I don't understand why it's so hard to fathom other like other intelligences on this planet it, it's because the planet's old as fuck like i don't understand why they want to why they want to stick to this this time like there is no swaying like archae archaeology in itself is such uh this the the science is so um, uh, questionable is the term that I want to use because everything for lack of a better term and pun is not like set in stone. Like to try to time something you have to say, you're trying to time uh, a native American archeological site. Like you have to, you can't look at an arrowhead and be like, Oh, this, this arrowhead is from specifically this time. You can, you can dial it in, but you can't like, carbon date it right yeah you have to go and find pottery that has shells that have been grounded in you have to carbon date those shells to try to find the exact era that these came from well and they even say carbon dating is not as accurate as they like it to be yeah so so it's 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 not an exact science as far as sciences goes right um anyway this entire story would have remained unrecorded if it were not for a noted new york professor a.l rawson visiting cleveland one year later he was staying at a Cleveland hotel, but he heard mention of the wall. So he decided to stay a few days later and visit the Hooper farm. After viewing the wall, he was keen on to have the inscriptions deciphered. Uh, he employed a staff of cipher experts and spent over $35,000 in 1900 to get them read. Hieroglyphics were declared to be old Hebrew and the inscription of religious and historical nature nature written by scribes of a nation that was then at war and was about to become extinct. That's fucked up. That's what they read from the inscription That's of this fucked fucking up. wall, bro. It also, also fucked up that it was Hebrew. Yeah. I mean, because, because that, that, that significantly changes history, which is why in a, a multitude of ways, you know, because you, you'd have to turn, if you, if you turn the, the hands of time back that far. Who's to say that the land masses weren't still connected? It's you know what I'm saying. Or if they weren't, well, guess what? That means old uh, CC there didn't didn't wasn't the first one to sell over here, which is kind of uh, that mind. kind of in the books, anyways. And I think a lot of people honestly see it that way that he wasn't officially the first. But uh, besides the point, because this this isn't even that old of an artifact. We're not talking hundreds of thousands of years here. It was his opinion, Mr. Uh, so the wall's not not that old? 
It's old. Okay. But it's not that old. So it's Rawson's opinion that the wall had been buried over 4,000 years ago. The protective covering of the earth withering away over the passage of time. It brought the information to the surface. Um, He aimed to uncover the entirety of the wall so he could do a whole investigation. Pottery and stone images were also found near the wall, which Rawson also declared to be Old Hebrew. 4,000 years ago, there's not supposed to be any of that over here. Right, yeah, exactly. So that... It it alters history in a big way. Rawson cites the story of the two lost tribes of Israel. He believed that the Israelite tribes entered America by the way of the Bering Strait, which you just said. Yeah. Allowing many of the geographic or allowing for the many geographic changes that have taken place over the past four thousand years. Which is a hundred percent realistic. Yes. There's nothing wonky about that at all. He believed the writings to be ancient Hebrew Sanskrit and that it proved a connection from the Cherokee to the lost tribes of Israel. Oh shit, so those two were duking it out? The Cherokee and the Lost Tribes of Israel? That's that sucks. Who was on the verge of extinction in that fight? I don't fucking know. I don't even know. Because if it was 4,000 years ago, it would have to be like, it would essentially have to be ancestors of the Cherokee. Yeah. So, dude. And then it, and you don't know what the weapons are like back then. You no. Because the Cherokee, we, we know that the Cherokee were kind of gnar. I didn't look into these, but I need to because this guy cited him. He said from the back, the, dude, this thing just sounds fucking dope anyway. The Back Creek High Priest Stone to the Newark Holy Stones, this is believed to be even more evidence of this ancient lost tribes of Israel theory. That's pretty badass. The, the Back Creek High Priest Stone sounds so cool. I might have to do a part I think, two on this motherfucker. I think the, the, the name Lost Tribes of Israel sounds dope. Yeah. Uh, he declared that the tribes, after locating in the new country, inscribed tablets with the Mosaic Law in obedience and injunction of those of Moses and sealed them away for preservation, making reference to the 7th, 9th, and 11th chapter of Deuteronomy and the 8th chapter of Joshua and 3rd chapter of Judges. I have not read any of these, but for those of you who have, please feel free to make the connections. Um... Where are we at? Rawson's translation created a worldwide interest, and historians as far as New Zealand, Japan, Italy, France, Spain, Cuba, and other countries came to visit the Hooper Farm. In 1970, a newspaper report says that all that remains is a huge hole on the Hooper Farm. Somebody took the fucking wall? They don't know if they bulldozed it down or what. No, they said excitement bullshit. over the Somebody wall. Somebody took that wall. <laughs> excitement over the wall has dwindled, and not many local folks agreed on the Hooper Farm story. However, some say that although f- they're familiar with the story, there was never no, there was never a wall, just stones, and there was no ridge as described. That is so fucked up to me. It would be cool to see the landscape there, to understand how the wall might have gotten covered up over time. It's yeah, it's um, almost like it's almost like the whole town was like in on it. Like there wasn't a fucking wall there. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, man, like I know people you gotta figure way back then the town probably wasn't very big. So it's not gonna take a whole lot to persuade them. Yeah. Especially if they got sick of like people from all over the place coming in. Which we know small town folk do get, yeah. they do get like that where Especially they're just people like people just want to farm and just yeah. mind their business. Yep, 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 if you yep. got people from hundreds of countries coming in because you have yep. 
history changing proof. They don't give a fuck about that. No, somebody will destroy that, that shit. Yeah. No, the the locals are not going to give a shit about it because, like you said, they just a lot of small, a lot of small town folk. They uh, they tend to stick to themselves. They they mind their business, like you said. They don't. They don't want, like. They're living in a small town for a fucking reason. I'll put it that way. Yep. You know, they're not trying to be all up in everybody's business. Um, and then, like, if homie there, who seems unaffiliated, I'm sure that he is affiliated, but he seems unaffiliated. If that dude can swing 35K to dig this motherfucker up, how much you think all them other fools can swing oh, yeah. coming in to bury that bitch? Bro from, bro from Smithsonian's like, Take the whole motherfucker. Yeah. Take the whole wall, bro. That's where I'm at. I bet that motherfucker's sitting there somewhere <laughs> locked away. I yeah. fucking would it's bet probably money. built into the stone of the next fucking museum they built. I wouldn't doubt it. Or like you said, or they destroyed it because they didn't want, which is so sad. You like to really to think about that they would go out of their way to destroy objects like that Just is fucking sad. History the way that it's been taught. Dude, fuck that because that shit's cool. Like to, I don't, I don't know why you that invested in whatever narrative you're trying to spin there because I think the shit's cool, the the idea that the the lost tribes could have made their way over here and then ironically enough they run into the fucking Comanches and they start going toe to toe with the Comanches. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. It's yeah. The but it's a cool story and we also know that people did cross the Bering Strait. Yeah, that's that's one of the the mainstays of how how people people got here. You know? Yeah, <clears throat> according to to the modern timeline. Yeah. All right. God damn, we're already almost at an hour, and I haven't even got to digging. I told you we'd make it work. Uh, next, I got one from December seventeenth. Uh, this account was published in the Los Angeles Times. Uh, of a large inscribed slate wall found in Wellsville, Ohio. A lot of walls. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's almost like there was an entire history and culture here weird. before right. we were told that right. history was here. And then as far as ancient stuff goes, I mean, walls are extremely important. Yeah. You know what I mean? How they are you going to keep, keep a roof up? Well, that and, and then uh, even just locking your property yeah, in, defense. you know? Yeah. Defense is going to be a huge one. This one's this one's fucking weird. I was reading it off the Sarah when I was writing it. So this is a quote from uh, Brad Steger's Mysteries of Time and Space here. Captain Lacey of Hammondsville, Ohio, had some men engaged in making an entry to his coal bank when a huge mass of coal fell down, disclosing a large, smooth slate wall, upon the surface of which were plainly carved several lines of hieroglyphics. No one has yet been able to tell in what language the words are written. The letters are raised. The first line contains 25. It is probably that they were cut into the coal while in its vegetable state during its formation into coal. The matter from which the slate form is filled with the impression and became solid. For since the removal of the coal, we found the letters to be upon the slate reversed. The wall with these unknown hieroglyphics is reported to be found at over 100 feet below the surface of the earth. Brad Steger points out that if these symbols or letters were carved out in the vegetable state of the coal, 
as the anonymous writer speculates, it would be somewhere in the realm of the Carboniferous, Carboniferous period about 290 million years ago. Holy shit. How? That changes it a little bit. What the fuck is that? That changes it a little bit. That's old. That's stupid old. Something wrote. Left a message. Left a message that no one is able to. Well, I would assume <laughs> not if the language is 290 Bro, million I, years I hope old. it's a fucking dinosaur right with his tail. It probably is. It's just it's just dinosaur graffiti. Because how far? Okay, how far do they theorize we went back? Because the oldest one we've had so far is like what four hundred thousand years ago. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is old old. <laughs> That's, That's the, like old, it's old, not old. even yeah. No. Nothing else is even in the realm of it's old possibility old. here. That's fucking crazy. But like I said, he used to say it didn't happen. <laughs> That's like they found something. Right. They found and something a hundred feet under the ground with writing on it. And dog, think about it. If you if you think about the planet's inception, the day life began on this planet. Like when it, it was it, seated it, here by the Anunnaki. Right. You run with that theory too. It doesn't matter. But we'll just go with evolution. One would think that as long as the minute, the basic minute resources are left on the planet. It doesn't matter how many times the planet were to get wiped out. It would have, it would still have the building blocks Start to reset over. itself. Yep. And all it takes is those minute parts. And as long as those building blocks are forever here, in theory, it will always have those building blocks to reset itself. That's how you get spark plugs in geodes. <laughs> That's because where I'm they at. were building cars a hundred million years ago. I mean, and it's pretty gangster. That mountain wouldn't have been there a hundred million years ago. That could have been a freeway. That's true. That's true. And then Pangea true. happens, it smashes the mountain up, and you get a spark plug on in a geode. I'm with it. We solved it. I'm, I'm, I, Another one in the books, baby. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Another strange structure was recorded in the Scientific American in January 14th, 1886. It recalls yet another huge stone wall dug out by quarrymen about a mile from Lexington, Kentucky, which that's a place we go to for Crypticon. Yeah. It had every appearance of having been built by human hands. The mortar seams and joints being very plain. It was about, or it was about 10 feet. It was under about 10 feet of drift and 20 feet of rock that had been removed by the workmen and on the side exposed, the men had advanced fully 40 feet from where they first struck rock. Thus, it was firmly embedded in a solid limestone quarry, which was certainly formed around it after the wall was built. So this wall was fully encased in limestone that had formed itself oh, around it. The face, of, the face of the wall was well-dressed. It is massive appearance gave evidence of the skilled hands that perished centuries ago. And it could be well envied as some of the best stonemasons of today. So they found this wall. That's awesome. Fully encased in limestone, which I don't know how long ago limestone formed, but I'm going to assume pretty fucking yeah, long. A minute. Um, I, do, I, I do appreciate the fact that you find a lot of these ancient walls, even just like in the um, 
oh, the southern hemispheres where you find the, like, the Aztec walls and stuff. Yeah. Where they're just perfectly put together. Like, just, and they're all, they're, they're even, they're seamlessly put together and they're not even all, okay. <laughs> all right, here we go. All right, we just rocked the fucking boat a little. Limestone is found in sedimentary sequences as old as 2.7 billion years ago. Cool. That's an old ass wall, folks. That's what I'm saying. So we definitely ventured around with the dinosaurs. Yeah, that's that's. No man, it's 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 awesome to ponder about. You know, it, it's also bizarre to ponder about like a hundred million years ago. That's there, like you there can't could have been it. there. There could have been a you and me. Yeah, like doing this right now, drawing middle fingers into the limestone, right? And they, I mean, because if we came up with this technology, who's to say they didn't come up with this technology? They could be doing. They could have been doing a podcast about shit that they found billions of years before oh, the billions man, of years. That's before. so fucking crazy. <laughs> that's so crazy to think about. <laughs> we're still rolling because that was just. We're just in the walls section there, breaking the walls down. Okay, moving on. Moving on from the walls here. Um, John uh, Buchanan presented a mysterious object to a meeting of the Societies of Antiquaries of Scotland on December 13, 1852. A drill bit had been found encapsulated in coal about 22 inches thick, buried in a bed of clay and boulders that were uh, seven feet below the ground. The Earth's coal is said to have formed hundreds of millions of years ago. The society decided the instrument was that of a modern level of advancement. So, but they so con- these motherfuckers were smart. They concluded that the iron instrument, iron instrument was probably a part of a borer that had been used there for coal research. But the lump of coal that they found it in did not include any signs that the coal surrounding the instrument had been punctured by any drilling. Exactly. So it was just a... Exactly. Nice try. Nice try. So we have a hundred million year old drill bit. That's made with the level of expertise of today's time. Of 1852, at least. Okay. So it's not as good as what they are today, but... Maybe better. Still rather impressive. I'm sure it rocked their world back then. Yeah, and I love, they, they I love that they still have. I love that they still have dudes like, yeah. I'm, well, we probably did it with our our coal driller. And the dude's like, no, like you didn't. And he's like, yeah, we did. Bro, check the is the bit broke off? Look, that solves the problem. That's a good point. Like, like you fucking losers. Well, it's just Occam's razor, man. Like, just come on, just admit the oddity. Yes, uh, this one here is another one that is not super old but it could change the timeline of American history. The Viking sword, Ulfbert. This is an actual picture of the sword that was recovered, and it had that Ulfbert carved into it. That's fucking awesome. Uh, Archaeologists found... That's what I'm going to name your next kid, Steve. Good. Ulfbert. We ain't got to worry about that. (laughs) When archaeologists found the Viking sword, Ulfbert, dating from 800 to 1000 AD, they were stunned. That's what you should name your dog. I already did. (laughs) 
They couldn't see how the technology used to make such a sword would have been available until the Industrial Revolution, 800 years later. So this is more so about technology advancements as opposed to, well, I mean, I guess So this would be our Industrial Revolution? Yes. That's some, okay. Um, the carbon content is three times higher than any other swords of its time, and the impurities were, remo- were removed to such a degree that the iron ore must have been heated to at least 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, that's a hell of a fire. Bro, our, our coking ovens roll average about 2,000 degrees. That's fucking hot. 3,000 degrees is real fucking hot. How would they even do that back then? It says it's with great effort and precision that modern blacksmith Richard Fuhrer of Wisconsin forged a sword of the similar quality using technology that would have been available in the Middle Ages, but he said it was the most complicated and trying thing he had ever had to make. He used methods that were not known to have been used by the people of those times. So he used technology that they would that would have been available, but there is no record of them using the technology. It doesn't mean that they didn't figure it out. That's true. That is absolutely true. You know, because people people were. I mean, dude, just to, the fact that they could fucking forge a sword is is pretty goddamn intelligent. And the the weird the thing that stands out is it's the only one of its kind. They never found one. Yeah, that they is never weird. found any other thing similar. But. I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Yeah. Think about how long it would black how it would take to blacksmith a sword like that. Bro, can you imagine being a, it being a thousand years ago and you have to make a fire that's three thousand degrees? Right. I mean, like you look at um the katana and the effort that those guys put in it, like it takes a minute, a hot minute to make those swords, right? And a lot of them are one offs. From way back in the day. Like, they're special swords. I love the idea. I absolutely love the idea that some gnar-ass Viking out there had the the baddest fucking sword. Like Three he times found, better. He found a blacksmith to make him the gnarliest sword ever known in that era. Bro carved his name into it. I would too. It's the the sword for all of our German listeners out there is actually in the German National Museum in Nuremberg, Germany. You can see part of the sword. That's dope. But also, Vikings were known to be a little crazy. That's true. Who's to say this blacksmith didn't make the gnarliest sword ever and then Ulthbert Stabbed him. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm th- I'm fully with you there. Like, especially especially in in the history that we know of our time period, like I'm not taking anything away from any of them. They, they I feel like they they were much smarter and technologically advanced than anybody gives them credit for. Yeah. So the only thing that throws me off is that this is the only one of its kind. Did they have the ability to make it? A hundred percent. Could like could they have made it? A hundred percent. But if they mastered this technique to where they make a sword three times better, why not continue it? Resources, time, I guess. Um, mastering the trade. But if there anything like uh, like we are now, like like it's a constant dick swinging contest. You know, like I made this sword 
this good. You think the next the next dude in line was like, well, yeah, we'll check this out. Yeah. But this one, this thing, like there wasn't even anything in the ballpark. It was it was three times. Yeah. What they say three times? Um, I can't even find it. Its carbon content is three times higher than swords of its time. Like there wasn't even anybody trying. Yeah. Unless, like you said, it was such a taxing. I guarantee process. it was. I guarantee it was. Because the dude who recreated it, he said it was a bitch. Yeah, he said it was the hardest thing he's ever had to do. Yeah. I guarantee it was I I would not be surprised, man. It makes perfect sense to me that if it, if Oakbert <laughs> the fucking name. If Oakbert was if he was like a, a gnarly Viking king. It's no different than the pharaoh swinging his dick and making the pyramids. That's true. That's true. You know, to a degree the pyramids are obviously took a little bit longer to make, but I don't know. We didn't make that sword. Oh, that's true. <laughs> That's true. And but I'm the saying, Egyptians had UFOs. That's true, too. <laughs> that's true. They cheated. But you know what I mean? Like, a king, yeah. those kings always wanted that one-off thing that nobody else could ever fucking have. Look at the old uh, stories of uh, King Arthur and Excalibur. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's totally plausible. I, I'm with it. I love it. I I fucking love it, man. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Um, another one that is very famous uh, that we're going to talk about is the London Hammer. Uh, hammer was found in London, Texas in 1934 encased in stone that had formed around it. The rock surrounding the hammer is said to be more than 100 million years old. Whoa. Yeah, I'll show you a picture. I've seen it. I've actually yeah. seen it. It's awesome. Uh, right off the rip, we have vocal skeptic Glenn Kuban, who says the hammer, uh, the stone may contain materials that are 100 million years old, but that doesn't mean that the rock formed around the hammer so long ago. Some limestone is formed around artifacts known to be from the 20th century, so concretions can form fairly quickly around objects, he said. Concretions are masses of hardened mineral matter. Uh, I feel like this is the same dude who looked at the fucking spark plug, who is a nerd. Uh, Carl Bow, who, loser. <laughs> who is in possession of the artifact, has said that the wooden handle is actually turned to coal. It's evidence of its what? Immass- it's of its massive great age. That the material or and that the metal it is made of has a strange composition. Critics has called for more independent testing to verify these claims, but thus far, thus far, no testing has been concluded. Yeah, see, and Carl, that's, that's sus. We need you to test this. That's what, dude. That's exactly what I was getting ready to say. Carl, you need a do better, son. Yeah. B, that just makes it sus as fuck when they're like, it's an unknown composition, but we're not gonna test it. No, Carl, come on. Why the fuck would you not test that? And I, wood turns to coal. I don't fucking know. Is that what they were saying, basically? I'm not a hundred million years old. I'm not either. I'm not either, but I'm just asking. I've maybe never, it was a, I maybe it was a coal handle. It's, it's possible. Oh, look at what fucking Ookbert's swinging around. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love <laughs> it. It makes dude. you just it's like... It's so good. Rack your brain. Uh, this one is from France. Extensive quarrying was done near the city of Axon province of France between 1786 and 1788 to provide provide large quantities of limestone needed for rebuilding of the Palace of Justice. In the quarrying, or in the quarry from which the limestone was taken, the rock strata, 
were separated from each other by layers of sand and clay. By the time the workmen had removed 11 layers of rock, they found that they had reached the depth of 40 to 50 feet of the original area. Beneath the 11th layer of limestone, they came to a bed of sand and began to remove it to get at the rock underneath. But in the sand, they found stumps of stone pillars, fragments of half-worked rock, the same stone and rock that they themselves had been excavating. They dug further and found coins, petrified wood handles of hammers, and pieces of other petrified wooden tools. Finally, they came to a large wooden board, seven or eight feet long and an inch, and an inch thick. Like the wooden tools, it had also been petrified into a form of agate, and it had been broken into pieces. When the pieces were reassembled, the workmen saw before them a quarryman's board of exactly the same kind they were using themselves, worn in just the same way as their own boards were worn, with rounded, wavy edges. Uh, how a stoneman's yard equipped with the kind of tools used in France in the late 18th century had come to be buried 50 feet deep under a layer of sand and limestone 300 million years ago is the question that we leave with you, Hollow Cult. That's awesome. I mean, it's it in in It's literally a repeat of history. Yes. Like as far as like archaeological and anthropological anthropological dating goes, this thing should be impossible, but there are records that it happened. Bro, that's that's literally matrix shit right there. <laughs> what the fuck? Because not I mean Not only is your mind blown, but it's blown twice. Yeah. Because you're like <laughs> These motherfuckers picked the exact same spot to turn this into the exact same thing they were doing. Yeah, it's it's proof what that time fuck? is a flat circle. We are destined to do everything over and over and over again. That's crazy, Forever. dude. That's crazy. <laughs> we're still rolling here. Uh, from the Times of London, June 22nd, 1844. Workmen quarrying stone near the River Tweed below Rutherford, Scotland found a piece of gold thread embedded in the rock of the quarry eight feet below ground level. A small piece of the thread was sent to the office of a local paper uh, for inspection of the curious. Nothing else came of it. So How it, do you find a piece of gold thread? You got the best vision on the planet, bro. Dude, unless they picked up a rock and it was like hanging. Oh, yeah, that would be strange. Uh, here's one from close to home here from the Morrisonville Times, June 11th, 1891. Miss S.W. Culp of Morrisonville, Illinois, was breaking coal into smaller lumps for her scuttle one day in 1891 when she noticed a chain in the midst of the coal. When she reached down to pick it up, she saw that the two ends of the chain were firmly embedded in two separate pieces of coal that had clearly been a sim single lump only moments ago. That's weird. So it would have had to There's have been embedded in the coal. A lot of and coal's coal old as fuck. There's a lot of coal in this. Coal's like 100 million years. That's crazy. Uh, the London Times again, December 24, 1951. In 1851, Hiram DeWitt of Springfield, Massachusetts, accidentally dropped a fist-sized piece of gold bearing quartz that he had brought back from California. When the rock broke apart in the fall inside it, Witt found a two-inch cut iron nail, slightly corroded. It was entirely straight and had a perfect head on it, the Times of London states. So this is in a piece of gold. I don't even know how old gold is. 
Let's Probably look it up. Shit. How old is gold? Ah, 40% of the world's gold is 3 billion years old. Oh, cool. So, I mean, it's just kind of old. Isn't that fucked up? That's where I'm at now, bro. I I am in the camp that the the world has been reset several times and the the most minute building blocks have remained and it just resets itself. Or it's the Matrix, one or the other. It's so fucked up. It's fucking crazy. Because what, what the fuck are the odds of any of it? Dude, this one comes from uh, the complete books of Charles Fort, the the master, the man, the king of collecting instances of weird shit. Charles Fort says a nail partially embedded in a block of stone was taken from King Goody Quarry in Scotland, was described at a meeting of the British Association of Advancement of Science in 1845. Sir David Brewster, who gave the report, said that about an inch of the nail was embedded and the rest lying along the stone and projecting into a layer of gravel where it had been rusted. The depth of which... The depth from which the nine-inch thick block of stone bearing the nail had been removed is not on record, but the quarry is said to have been worked for about 20 years prior to the discovery. That's crazy. So 20 years of quarrying, they find this shit, and it was so important that Bro took it to the Association for the Advancement of Science. He wasn't fucking around. No, he said, listen. He said, we gotta figure this shit out. Look what the fuck I found here. (laughs) This um, nail is in rock. We're getting we're getting through it here, folks. Uh, next, we have the Dorchester Pot. The June issue of the Scientific American uh, in 1851 reports that a metallic vase had been dynamited out of a solid rock or out of solid rock on Meeting Hill in Dorchester, Massachusetts. The story said, "Quote on putting the two parts of the vessel together." It formed a bell-shaped vessel, four and a half inches high, six inches at the base, and two inches at the top, about an eighth of an inch in thickness. The body of the vessel resembles zinc in color or a composition metal in which there are considerable portions of silver. The vessel is chase carved and inlaid in with exquisitely or inlaid exquisitely. Uh, there is a picture of this thing. This thing's fucking cool. I love old cool stuff. Look at this fucking thing. Oh, dude, thing. that thing is badass. Look at that. Uh, that's a pipe holder. Never mind. It looks like it's supposed bell. to be similar. They said that it could be 593 million years old. Dorchester pot found in... Got some age to her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost kind of looks like a candlestick holder, too. They That's what, that's what the skeptics say. That there was a candlestick holder... In this rock quarry that they just happened to dynamite that blew out. I mean, I don't know about that, but... I mean, if I were going into a quarry, I'd definitely use that as my holder. Well, I mean, yeah, it's def- it definitely shows you're classy. Yeah. It is alleged to have come from... has Okay, the Roxenbury conglomerate from which this pot is alleged to have come from has been dated as having accumulated between 570 and 593 million years old. Yeah, it's old. During the Edicarian period. It's old, for sure. Fucking weird, bro. It is weird. Um, what do I got here? One last one, since we're running way over. Uh, Bear Creek, Montana, 1926. A small tooth was found embedded into a lump of... Coal. Coal. Recovered at the Bear Creek Mutual Coal Mine. Local was that a dentist, gold tooth? No. 
It was a cold tooth. Local dentists examined the tooth and said it looked exactly to be that of the molar of a small child, the second molar to be exact. Uh But the passage of time had turned the enamel into carbon and the roots into iron. It was discovered by J.C.F. Siegfried, the coal company's doctor who had been collecting fossils at the time at the site. He estimated the age of the coal deposits where the tooth was found to be around 10 million years old. That's a weird one. Up, That's bro. a weird one. It is fucked up. That is a weird one. Uh, but yeah, I picked some of those out there to put forward to you. Again, like I said, do with that information what you will. Let it be a starting point for you to do your own research. Tell me that I'm off I'm my in. rocker. I'm um, in. I use quite a bit uh, different sources here. If anybody would want to start, uh, Brad Steger has an excellent book called Mysteries of Time and Space, which I got a lot of the old accounts out of. Um, over here, I got a Reader's Digest, uh, Mysteries of the Unexplained. It has a whole chapter on that weird shit, and I also use a couple websites. List first, uh, booksfact.com. Uh, use that as a starting point. Because there is a lot of weird shit. I've got another uh, episode almost written that's kind of in the same vein that I will probably do next week. Kind of keep them rolling on this uh, alternate timeline kind of thing. But I dig it. I dig it. Thanks for kicking it with us. It's getting kind of late. Uh, yeah, man. Check us out on all our social medias. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, X. TikTok, Discord, Reddit, come and hang out with us. And until we meet again, stay safe, stay weird. And remember that this timeline probably isn't what we think it is.